Welcome to Juvel Hub, your helping hand in property management education. We are so thankful that you have joined us. And please remember to follow and like us on your favorite social media outlet, which you can find in our show notes. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. and Welcome to the Juvel Hub podcast, your helping hand in property management. My name is Jonathan Saar. And we are welcoming back Janet Bailden from Radco Residential. Glad to have her again. We're looking forward to a, a very deep topic, which we'll, we'll get to in, in just a moment. So just a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, if you are not following us on social, please connect with us on Instagram at Juvo Hub. And also this podcast is in video form. You can find us on YouTube. Just search for Juvo Hub, J-U-V-O-H-U-B. So today we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into mental health and uh, what challenges we face when dealing with employees that are, are facing that. And what are some practical things that a property management company should keep in mind as far as uh, things that the company can do and even more importantly, what leaders can do uh, for, for their team members. So we welcome back Janet Bailden, vice president of talent development at the Radco companies. Janet, good to have you back. Thanks, Jonathan. I feel like we're getting to be great friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate so much your insights. Uh, previous episodes, we've really uh, dove into, uh, you know, just trying to get to know people. You know, we've talked about recruiting. We've talked about engaging our, our team members and, and a lot of it. And you've mentioned an expression that you are a people person. So I would imagine that the topic of mental health is something that's dear to your heart. I, I know it is to me. It's hard to find someone who who isn't dealing with some sort of mental health challenge personally, or they know someone that's close to them. And so it's a topic that hits home for us when we're trying to run a business, we're trying to manage uh, our apartments. So I'm grateful to have your, your thoughts and input. I know our audience is going to really, really appreciate it. So let's, let's take it. From what you've seen, you know, as a leader at, at your organization, for most people, it's a very difficult subject to be able to acknowledge one that they are facing a mental health challenge of some sort, uh, and they feel that there's that there could be repercussions if they were to share that in some form or another. So, what have you seen? At Radco, what what's Radco doing? What are you doing? What, what can you share with our audience today? Yeah, I, um, you're right, Jonathan. I, this is a really sensitive topic, and you know, I think here we are. We're in 2023. We're three years removed from, you know, some of the hardest times that we faced as a society during COVID. And I think during that time, there was this sense of community that we were all facing this challenge and we were all struggling with call it mental health or balancing work and life and and so the conversation was there right we were having really tough conversations but everyone was kind of in it together so it was like even playing field and then and then now you know we're we're 
resuming to normal life again. And what happens when, you know, most of the world goes back to normal, um, but you have people who are still struggling with mental health um, and it's something that they, you know, struggle with personally and, and have for a really long time. And, you know, I think there's this kind of stigma around the topic of mental health um, and our ability to be able to be effective our, of our jobs, but still have, you know, whether it's, you know, battling with depression or anxiety or um, other, you know, other things that kind of dig a lot deeper than that. So I think there's this, um, you know, here I am, I'm in a leadership role and how do I show up to work and knowing that I have this, this dark cloud looming over me um, and I have to show up to work every day and, and be on top of it. And can I do both? And, you know, or am I just showing up half of myself on a daily basis to work? And then there's this other side of me that no one knows. Right. And, um, you know, if I'm being really vulnerable and honest, you know, it's something that I've personally have struggled with in life. And um, I go through cycles, right. Sometimes it's fine until it's not. And so how do you then show up to work and feel okay with doing that? And does that make you less impactful at work? And does that make you less, do people view you less as a leader because you have that or do they, or is there a stigma that you, you know, it's just going to blow up any day or something like that because you might be emotional. And I think at the end of the day, it really boils down to allowing space for that conversation um, to show up to work as, as a whole self and not just as a half self. Um, I'm not just Janet Bailden, VP of talent development. I'm Janet mom, I'm Janet wife, I'm Janet friend and, you know, Janet person. And there's all these other sides to me and people are really complex. And so to expect people to come up to work every day and just show up a hundred percent and just wear that title isn't really realistic. So allowing space for that. Um, I, I think we've built a really solid core team. Um, the team, meaning people around me, um, because we've kind of went through a lot of tough times in the last few years that it opened up the doors for difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now, you know, when those times come, I, I feel more comfortable getting onto my daily huddle with my team and saying, Hey guys, you know, you might notice I'm not my bubbly self today and I'm just, I'm struggling with something personally. And so I just wanted you to know that. And just, just that alone allows space for it. Right. Cause now my team doesn't read my body language and think too far into it or think, gosh, is she mad at me? Did I do something wrong? Um, you know, was it something I said? Or, you know, why is Janet acting weird? It's just, I just, I spelled it out for you. I'm just having a tough time. It does two things. One, it, it leaves space for this mutual understanding that I might be struggling um, or something's going on in my personal life. But then two, it also tells my team that that's okay. And now if they're struggling, they, they can come to me. Um, we've, as a team, have been, meaning me and my, my direct reports, we've been through some really tough times. There's been a lot of you know, loss and family members or dealing with legal issues or personal issues. And, you know, the fact that we can talk through that and just accept that there's this, there's this situation or this circumstance that someone's facing, it really opens up the doors for vulnerability and just to be, be, you know, your real self. Um, and uh, there's something kind of relieving about that. 
Um, I don't, this is going to kind of date this recording a little bit, but this has been a really tough week. You know, we um, had the uh, shootings at, in Nashville in the school in Nashville. And mm-hmm. as a mom of two kids, that was uh, really hard for me to go to work the next day, um, drop my kids off at school and drive into the office. And um, I, my COO walks into the door and, you know, I'm, I'm usually really bubbly and smiley and he, uh, I, I'm crying, you know, and like how embarrassing I'm crying in the office as a grown woman. I'm, I'm in the office, I'm crying and my CEO walks in the door, you know, and, uh, but he and I have this good relationship where I felt comfortable enough sharing with him what I was feeling and facing. And gosh, I just the ability to be able to say that and just break the ice and just say it out loud helped a little bit. Um, you know, obviously I regrouped, I was able to get my job and my work done that day, but I know that if I wasn't able to, and I had to go home, that he would be okay with that too. Um, so it's just knowing that you have the space for that and the, uh, you know, the safe space for it, uh, is really important for people to be able to show up to work and as their whole self. I know it kind of went down a, down a road there, but Are your supervisors in compliance? When supervisors make mistakes, everyone is at risk. Compliance training lowers that risk. JuvoHub is happy to announce its new online course, Sexual Harassment Prevention and Training for Supervisors. Learn more about this course at juvahub.com, your helping hand in property management education. No, that was amazing. That was was awesome. Thank you, Janet. You know, from our audience perspective, you, you, you you took us down two different paths. One, as an as an employee and also as a leader, one that you know, you have to, you're there to, to care for people. And, and just as a reminder too, for our audience, like this isn't, this isn't medical advice in any way. Janet and I have no, no background in, in, uh, as medical professionals, but it's a, it's a topic that it, I, it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, Thankfully, we have awareness days and awareness months, and, and we're going to talk about that in a minute too with you, Janet, just programs internally. But you said a few, quite a few things that were, uh, you know, good reminders for, for, for me and for the audience on, on what, we, what we face. You know, we've got, uh, we've got people that we work with that medically speaking, they are dealing with, like they, they have a diagnosis of some sort. And then there's also the environmental things that happen, just news and personal things, family, financial, that, that are in our head and it's, and it's hard to, to concentrate or it's hard to focus or it's hard to, it's hard to cope. Um, and I love what you mentioned about how you, take those days as a leader and and say to your team it's not a, it's it's not a good day just kind of dealing with something right now how important that is and it i'm sure it helps the the team spirit the the bond that you have with them because you feel comfortable enough to do that and therefore it should help them feel comfortable when they're also dealing with, with their own uh, times when they're not, when they're not doing well. And, and it's not something that you can just, uh, I guess, 
apply a a a policy to so to speak like uh, it sounds like from your personal experience that there's got to be a lot of approachability there's got to be a lot of empathy and probably a whole bunch of other qualities would would you agree with that statement yes absolutely i i think um I think it gets really tough and this is where it gets challenging as a, as a manager um, because you obviously want to be personally connected with people and you want to be there for them, but you're also have a job to do. Right. So I think a lot of times where managers get in a tough spot is, did I get too close to this person? Am I too personally attached or do I get too much information? And now what do I do if this person is dealing with this, you know, something personally and, but I also have to meet goals and I've got pressure from ownership groups and that person's not meeting expectations. Now, what do you do, right? You want to be empathetic. You want to be there and compassionate, but you also have a job to do. And there's, um, there's this fine line of, of being, you know, human and, and then just being, you know, good as an effective as a manager. Um, and, uh, that's something that I think, for a lot of people um, and, and, you know, being in human resources, we see that a lot where um, I'm always trying to get two sides of the story. And I might be hearing from the manager that someone is not performing well in their job. And my first question is, okay, is that unusual for them? Because if the answer is yes, then have we asked if that person may be going through something personally and may not be sharing it, you know? And so, you know, seeing there's these patterns um, or maybe this, unusual pattern of behavior to be able to approach the team member and connect with them. And, and sometimes there's just, you know, they need some time off. They just need some time and, and that's okay. So let's give them that space. Um, and also them know that it's okay to do that. Cause I much rather someone take the time that they need and then come and regroup and come back to work than them to try to, you know, struggle and go through that while they're, you know, only halfway here at work every day. So um, I think there's this really uh, tough balance there. And I personally, I'm, I'm a highly empathetic person. Um, it just am, that's just how I'm wired. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to shut that off, you know, when I'm connecting with someone because I'm immediately, I'm just, I'm, I feel for them, right? And uh, that's good, but then it can be bad sometimes too, because as you're trying to, you know, move business forward, I get very personally invested in, in people. Um, so as managers, we have to, we have to ride that, ride that line very carefully and know when's the right time to loop in human resources, because sometimes as a manager, it may, might be information that you, you honestly should not be conversing with your team member about, especially if it's uh, a diagnosis or, something more medical. Um, and at that point, you really need to know when to pass the hat for HR to take over. Yeah, thank you for 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 taking us across that bridge, because that's that's where my, my mind was going. It's like, you know, I, I think of like, uh, other professions like bartenders or or hair, hair uh, stylists, professionals, barbers, <laughs> they're doing that job, but then they're also like the listening ear for all the issues that, of their customers, uh, which is awesome. Thank you. You know, thank you for doing that. If, if that, if you happen to be in that profession, listening to the show, but to your point, like there has to be 
there's got to be some boundaries there. Otherwise, you know, you're, you move from being the uh, vice president of, of talent acquisition to uh, our talent development, rather, <laughs> to, uh, you know, the, the counselor, the, uh, the psychologist of, of the company, and you don't want to cross that mind, cross that line. So can we take that just a bit further then? So now uh, we really identified the need as a leader to have some important qualities so that you are one demonstrating your awareness of, of mental health challenges in whatever form they may be taken. They may be for your team member and two, how you, uh, how you personally can interact with that individual to show that you are hearing them. Um, you're not in their shoes, but you're actively listening to what's going on in their world. Now we move over to the company perspective. So what have, what have you seen? What are you doing? Let's, let's take another level uh, with HR and beyond. What can organizations as a whole do to provide resources for those who are having uh, mental health challenges? So, I mean, a lot of companies are offering this, but employee assistance programs, I think, are a must uh, to have those available to the team members um, so that everybody has access to it, but not just having it just to check a box and, you know, putting it on your benefits guide and forgetting about it, but actually communicating it and um, letting people know really what is available under that umbrella. So an employee assistance program can be everything and anything, access to, you know, financial assistance and resources to, you know, we, ours, I, I believe it's three or it's five free uh, sessions with the therapist virtually or in person under that umbrella, um, you know, resources for family members. Um, but employee assistance programs can be really powerful if uh, utilized correctly and promoted internally. Um, but then also allowing space for people, like if, you know, if a team member actually needs to schedule a, an appointment to see, you know, a, a therapist or a psychologist to allow space for them to have time for those appointments as well, right? Letting them, whether it's virtually or leaving the office, but knowing that there's, there needs to be this understanding that this person is going through something and they need to be seeking help and not viewing that any differently than, you know, I, I, I broke my leg or I had knee surgery and I need to go and get my x-rays and I need to go to the doctor, right? We, we accept that in our day-to-day -day work, but when someone says, I have to go see my therapist, there's obviously already automatically a stigma around that. So we have to view that just like any other um, medical condition. And, and maybe they're just going for, you know, because it's good to talk to someone or maybe because they're really struggling or dealing with something. Um, at the end of the day, it, it's just as important. Um, our physical health and wellness is just as important as our mental and emotional wellness. So making sure that we're um, viewing those two things the same. Um, the other thing I know a lot of companies are doing mental health days. So that's something that we've been talking about allowing for mental health days. Um, we currently have it all under one bucket, but uh, there has been conversation about carving that out and what that would look like. So I know that's kind of buzzing out there. Um, and uh, I think a lot of resources as well, as you mentioned, you know, I think there's certainly um, days that, 
you know, we recognize across the board, but I think we like to communicate out monthly um, related to our wellness program. And that taps into all areas of wellness and not just physical wellness, financial wellness, but also mental and emotional wellness. Um, I think you brought a really great point, Jonathan, earlier, uh, the differentiation between situational mental health and clinical, right? So very two different things. Um, you know, as a society, I think we adapt to situational, um, but when it comes to more uh, clinical mental health, I think that's where there's, uh, for someone who has not gone through that personally, it, they're, you know, you're just going off of a perception um, or what we read. And that, that, that's really tough. Um, I think more awareness and uh, information that is out there around it is so that people have some sense of understanding and respect and, and view it as something truly a, a, a medical condition, if you will, so that there's this understanding that because a lot of times people may view it as they that's under their control, right? Um, get yourself together, you know, and just show right. up, you just right. suck it up and do the best you can. And right. I'm sorry, but not everybody can do that. So um, knowing that sometimes it's out of people's control per se, and that they do need to seek uh, medical attention for it is, is something that we have to pay attention to um, and is just super critical. So I think education, awareness, um, resources, and talk about it and not shy away from the conversation is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, you hit all the nails on the head for sure, Janet. That's uh thank you for thank you for that perspective and, and helping our audience bridge the the role that you serve and then as an organization, what can what can a company do? And like we talked about at the outset, this is this is something that we we need to have these conversations. We need to keep this in front because as as you mentioned at the time of recording this show, we just had that incident in Nashville and, and it's on, it's on the hearts and minds of, of everyone. And it's, it's tough to, it's tough to swallow those incidents. And so we, we have to keep, keep going, keep talking about it, be aware of it, um, be empathetic and, you know, be there to support each other. So thank you for bringing your, your perspective to the table. And uh, I know our audience is super grateful for, for everything that you've shared with us today. So uh, how can people stay in touch with you? Uh, sure. And um, Jonathan, first of all, thank you for being open to this topic. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, to reach out to us, you can obviously go to our website, radicoresidential.com or reached out to me directly. It's my first initial last name at radico.us. So jbailden at radco.us. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, appreciate having you on the show. We're looking forward to having you on again in the future. So every time you're on, man, you bring it to the, bring stuff to the table that we need to hear. So I know our audience is very grateful as we've really taken another dive into mental health and, and how we can be there to support each other. So thank you everyone for tuning in to today's show. If you find it a value, please share it with your network. We appreciate your support. We thank you for taking the time to give us a review on your favorite podcast channel. If you have any feedback, please reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Saar. 
uh, reach out to us anytime. If you have any other topics that you would like to see on the show, please reach out to me. Until next time. Thanks again, Janet. Class dismissed. In conjunction with this podcast, we wanted to provide you with these additional resources. They are going to be available for you in the show notes and also on juvohub.com. Just look for the blog version and summary of this episode. Thank you for doing your part to create awareness for mental health challenges. It's a sobering topic. This is also our 100th episode of the Juvo Hub podcast. So thank you for being an amazing community. We're very grateful to all of you who support this show. And we look forward to continuing to bring you uh, fantastic guests who are here to help us and to help our industry. Take care.